Hello everyone, welcome back to the How I Made It podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine Browley, and as always, I am super excited for this week's guest, Miss Krishan Lampley, CEO of Love Corkscrew, the lifestyle wine brand. First of all, thank you so much for making time for me because I know your schedule is insane. My pleasure. I know I'm happy to be here. Yes. <laughs> um, I actually met Krishan at this amazing brunch and I'm like, you know what? I have to extend this, this conversation because she was a panelist. She shared her story and it was so intriguing. And I wanted to make sure that she, um, you know, shared some of her most pivotal business and just general life lessons with you guys. So again, thank you so much for coming. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So um, just a, a brief intro. First of all, your story is so intriguing. Like I said, it plays out like a lifetime movie man I uh, everybody keeps saying I need to write a book already so <laughs> Please, yes. when I was doing my research I'm like oh my gosh she's so um she's so courageous because your story you. is great so I want to unpack it in chunks um I read that you started out in the fashion industry. I did. Uh, actually, I still am in the fashion industry. So I've been in that industry, oh gosh, since telling my age, since early 90s. Uh, so yeah, high-end retail, fashion, merchandising, and, and that's pretty much where I developed my customer service skills okay. um, and marketing as well. Because it's kind of like when you're 20 years old and thrown in front of multi-millionaires, you know, and try to convince them that they need this product. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a great lesson uh, to, d to deal with customers. And and I, I just had the knack for it. I can talk to just about anybody. So yeah. uh, so it definitely was a great start for me. And you said you, you still have your foot in that industry. Still, well. still, yeah. I'm in the management um, positions uh, within the same same realm. So, okay. yeah, a lot of people don't think I, I uh, have a full-time job. And actually, I was just on a show yesterday on, on TV. And, and I, <clears throat> I mentioned that, that uh, one of my... I don't know if I'm, I'm moving too fast here, but one of my uh, mottos is I, I'm not going to quit until my accountant tells me to quit. And I that is, uh, <laughs> that's what I go by. Because entrepreneurs always tell me that, oh, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to leave. And then I say, do you have a reserve for a contingency? Do you have any money? Do you have anything saved up? And they're like, nope. I said, well, how are you going to do that? Uh, and I stepped on, uh, I just touched on, on the fact that uh, I had major surgery in July. Uh, July 13th, I had um, actually, uh, it was a life-threatening uh, surgery that I had to have to, to live. And if I was not insured through my employer, my, through my 9 to 5, there's no way as a small business I would have been able to afford those hospital bills. So I just, uh, you know, caution people to think think before they make a move yes we all want to take risks yes we all want to go for it you can do that there's okay if you have some sleepless nights mm -hmm. but you got to keep moving and, and you have to support yourself yeah I love hearing that from you because so many of my peers like you said want to jump both feet first right. without having a parachute just be smart about it yeah, be smart about it's it like I'm, I'm embarrassed to still have a nine to five. No, you should be. Don't you dare be. Yes, yes. I don't have to worry about paying the mortgage because exactly. I know it's going to be covered. <laughs> I love that. Um, so, uh, in fashion, in the beginning, um, pre uh, full entrepreneurship, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Um, so, 
you ended up um, moving into the bar industry? Yeah, so, oh gosh, yeah, again, we're talking years ago. So 2009 to 2011, I was co-owner of an art gallery and bar. And uh, where I got kind of my knack for what I do now is I had actually wrote that that wine list. So 2010, we won Chicago's Best as one of the best wine lists uh, for, for small business. And kind of knew like, hey, I think I'm kind of good at this. Uh, so we own that uh, 2011 Christmas Day. I walk into the gallery, and uh, to make it, it quick, I tell you, I, I was walking through two inches of sewer water. Ends up, so imagine what's in that, right? So ends up that the owners from above us flushed non-biodegradable baby wipes down the toilet, and that flooded into our space. So our insurance didn't cover baby wipes. You know, you can have. We had two million dollars worth of insurance, and it didn't cover it. So I uh, lost everything. And uh, oh gosh, years later, I'm back in the business booming. So, so that was my start. So yes, I've I've been an entrepreneur for a, for a long time. Um, obviously, way way before that. Actually, I, now that I'm thinking about it, since my early teens, I used to be a stylist and, and do different things for for uh, for people. So I've always had the knack for doing something in my own. Yeah, my own that, that was yeah. actually where I was gonna go. Moving from working in, in fashion merchandising and then owning a bar, it doesn't really seem like a linear choice right, right you said you've always been entrepreneurial so. yeah and the funny thing the connection with anything I've ever done um, again from the stylist in fashion in to bar uh, art gallery uh, to now owning my wine company the common denominator is customer service and marketing so I've always been good with people I love being in front of people and talking and and ever since a kid you know people would just come up to me and just start chatting I'm like what is it about me and my mom used to always say I just have a gift uh, for people to feel warm and comfortable with me so that is part of uh, like that that little thing of sales that I said there's only a few a small percentage of people in the world that can be salespeople because you have to be a, this chameleon you have to be able to change no matter what your day is no matter how awful it is at home you, as soon as you walk through that door wherever you are you have to be on it's almost like acting right so uh, I knew that uh, that I was gonna end up in something dealing with people and and that's where I am mm -hmm. I love that so it started with a wine list so to speak yeah yeah and then um, I read that you and your your business partner um, decided to, well it was your idea to actually move from the bar once it was um, or not the bar the art gallery right once you know that happened and start a blog yes yeah, so when when our gallery closed it was like a bad divorce uh, I, and I, I've said this on, on many occasions that some people are meant to have business partners some aren't I'm one that's not okay. uh, so I rather function with a team so unfortunately we didn't have that great of an ending is like a bad divorce but after the fact I went so dark and I wasn't sure what I, I wanted to do because I lost everything I was dazed from getting kicked out of my own home um, and I wasn't sure what I was gonna do and I said you know what for some reason my heart's still beating I'm still waking up every morning so I need to get out of this bed and I need to move forward so ends up that so many people knew me from the gallery of telling them what restaurants to go to what wine picks uh, what are the cool hot spots in Chicago I just happen to know right like I said everybody always tells me things everybody always talks to me so I decided I was I was sick of everybody calling me because because our place was closed stop bugging me I'm dark I'm supposed to be depressed right now <laughs> and I said you know what I'm gonna turn that into a blog because 
here I can tell the masses so everybody can just leave me alone, right? That was my thought process back then. Um, everybody's gonna leave me alone, so let me write this blog. And the blog was called Love Cork Screw. So the love section were all the funny things as two single women owning a bar, the crazy things that would happen in different stories. The cork section were my varietal picks and different restaurant picks, and the screw section was pop culture and things that were happening. So that blog, I'm an awful writer, terrible writer, but the blog had a great following. So that turned into radio show. Everybody was doing the, the internet radio and things like that. I said, let me jump into this because everybody always said I had that voice for radio. So I jumped into that. Next thing you know, 4,000 listeners. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, hmm, but this is not making any money. But I can always go back to my love, which is people, food, wine. What am I going to do, right? So it was kind of this, this mixture of owning that bar, I also worked in the distribution side for a little bit in liquor sales. So I said, hmm, I want my own. When I developed uh, uh, the, my varietal picks, I said, hmm, what am I going to call this brand? I'm like, oh, duh. Love, cork, screw. So that's how it happened. That was a short version, but years in the making. Mm -hmm. I love that. So I'm going to hit back on um, the distribution side of this because yeah. I have questions. But the name yeah. is really good. Where did that come from? Wow. Okay. So the name actually was so backtrack to me about to write this blog. I literally was on the phone with a friend, and I we were just going back and forth. And I said, okay, I want this name to be sexy, quirky, edgy, but not over the edge, not over the top. So we literally were just going back with with, with names, words, uh, and she said it. I said it and we kind of just kind of put together it seriously was a 10 minute conversation mm -hmm. and funny it goes from a 10 minute conversation to people saying that is the coolest name ever for a wine brand it is. <laughs> and it has so much meaning um, because again with with those different topics that is like kind of my life I am love corkscrew yeah. I am kind of quirky kind of sexy kind of cool yeah. but but different um, and it just it just it makes people think it makes people look twice and they always say you know when you have a, a name of, of a company that makes you like oh I'm interested mm -hmm. then you've, you've chosen the right one so I, I, I really want to um, expound on that because I talked to an intellectual property lawyer uh, some months back and we had an extensive conversation about names yes and businesses and how important it is that you cover your ASS so very can you like on a baseline level for those that are starting out in business what were the steps that you took immediately to ensure that that name was yours and no one could take it? So in the age, I'm an Xer, so I'm a little older than most, but yeah. I, I did learn from the millennials uh, that I was going to make sure I secured the name via social media first. Mm -hmm. So a Love Quirks we got taken care of on Facebook, Instagram, you know, I just that same day within minutes, I grabbed it because I've heard of stories of people having to buy their names from other people that surf and troll the internet. So I made sure I took care of it on that end funny so this is where I went wrong but I'm just lucky um, it wasn't until recently now love corkscrew the corporation was taken care of so I, I had that name LLC lockdown great but what I didn't do is trade name it from the beginning so fast forward to about a year and a half back uh, I was asked to be on Shark Tank they came to me I didn't even have to audition for the show they came to me wanted me to be on the show and I said ooh you know what, since Love Corkscrew is getting exposed nationally, I think I need to look into, you know, taking care of this. Uh, ends up, I call a lawyer, thank goodness I did, uh, because there was another company 
uh, that didn't happen to be a wine brand, but similar uh, to Love Corkscrew that had a very similar name, right? Just a slightly different logos and things. But this is the advice that the lawyer gave me, which is so cool uh, when we took care of it was, he said, think about it, what's more important, your name or your logo? And I, I didn't understand it at the time, but when he explained, I'm like, I get it. So what people make the mistake in doing is they trademark before they trade name. What does that mean? Let's say uh, somebody, let, let's say I have this beautiful logo. I'm like, oh God, I love that logo. It's cool. Let's take care. Let's make sure we stamp it. Nobody can use that logo. Uh, logo. But so what if they can use the name? So wouldn't you trade name first, which is more important because I said, I have to have my name. I have to have lovecorkscrew.com. Like that's my baby. And I'm like, oh yeah, I get it. He's like, what if you just change the heart ever so slightly? That's a different logo. Who cares? Who cares about that? Um, and that's a mistake a lot of people do. They trademark, don't trade name. Next thing you know, there's somebody that's been using their name forever in, in Australia somewhere. So again, I was very lucky. Um, I won the fight uh, with the other company that was very similar to mine. And I nationally, federally, internationally own the name Love Corkscrew. So I suggest for any business owners, you can do a search. You can do a Google search. Um, there's all types of governmental uh, organizations and websites that you can go into to look for your names. But there's so many people who've spent thousands and thousands of dollars trying to grab their name just because they didn't know somebody in Minnesota, you know, is using it. It wasn't until they blew up and got this national exposure then. Okay, but still you're spending a quarter of a million dollars to try to, to fight for something that's been yours forever. So I caution people to go through the legalities. Don't do what I did. Take care of that first. Um, you can do it the same day. You could use your smartphone to take care of everything on the social media uh, respect, but contact a lawyer. I think to trade name is $300, $400, something in that realm. Knock it out. Mm -hmm. You gotta do the legal stuff first. Make sure you're covered. Yeah, absolutely. I. 100% agree, and I know that the listeners really appreciate that advice too. Um, so to pivot back to distribution, um, I was just having a conversation about uh, wine. The, the industry is complicated, um, and it, it's a little difficult to break into, especially as a minority, because only 1% of the wine industry around the world is made up of African-American women. When you first started, did you have any concerns early on about breaking into that industry that is filled with people that don't really look like you? Sure, I did. But, you know, I've functioned like that my whole life. Um, I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood that we were one of the first black families in the area. So since a child, I've, I'm used to being the one percent or less. I'm used to being the oddball. Uh, so it wasn't, I, I, I think I've built that strength uh, from a kid and was thrown into things called the N-word, got rocks thrown at, really? at my dad's Cadillac and, and wonder like, why are we in this neighborhood? So. I've been exposed to it at such a young age that I think I have kind of a thick skin for it. Uh, so yes, in entering the industry, sure. I was like, oh, you know what? People are gonna think I'm the promotional girl, think that there must be somebody backing me. And that's exactly what they think, and probably still. Um, and that's okay. Uh, because at the end of the day, I'm gonna win. And, and that allows me to be in a room with people, be able to kind of sit back and listen and take things in and learn, as opposing to be, I own it, I'm the one, I'm that guy, I don't, need to, I don't need to do all that. 
that's going to show for itself. That's going to show in my work and that's going to show in, in the exposure and the beauty of Love Corkscrew. Um, but I think that pushes me. I, don't, I, I, I enjoy that struggle, how crazy that sounds, but, but I really do. I like being that 1%. Yeah, I love that. Love, love, love that. Um, so I read that I don't know anything about wine. I don't really drink that much. So I really did have to do some homework. I feel like I was back in undergrad. Um, <laughs> oh, I get it. It's very complicated. It is complicated. It is. It really is. Um, so I pulled this from, from an article, uh, and it said distributors only offer the link to Distributors offer the only link to states, retail stores, and restaurants. Therefore, a brand can't be permitted to sell alcohol without one. Correct. Um, and now with much of the wine and spirits distributed in the U.S. being controlled by three mega distributors, mm. it's become even harder for minority brand owners to secure distribution. Boy, is it. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then they offered an example. For example, when you call up a, a restaurant or some type of an establishment, um, they only want to work with people that they're familiar with sure um even before seeing what you actually offer yeah yeah they don't even listen to you sure sure yeah. um so yes it's a very highly regulated industry and it's not easy it's funny when i'll, I'll get hit up on social media a lot um and people are like well why aren't you in this bar or why aren't you in this restaurant or why aren't you carried there yeah it's not that easy i can't walk into that retailer i cannot walk into that restaurant and say carry love corkscrew that's actually legally impossible uh so sure i can walk in and say that but what they have to go through the distributor so there's there's a tier system i'm a supplier I'm a negotiant supplier owner of Love Corkscrew. I have to sell it to the distributor. The distributor sells it to the retailer. The retailer sells it to the consumer. So look at all those tiers. Look at all those ways it has to pass. Just how it works. Um, so yes, a lot of people don't get that. And then yes, when it comes to the, the larger companies, they only want to hear from you know the huge, huge distributors that are, are nationally. So it can be very difficult. Uh, I am lucky to have a great distributor here in the state of Illinois. And they're doing very well with Love Corkscrew. I'm also lucky to be able to as a minority woman be able to be pushed through the channels of, of definitely being a minority business enterprise being a women business enterprise so that has allowed me to get in front of a lot of people that some can't mm -hmm. uh, but there's tons of wine brands there's tons of spirit brands so at the end of the day I have to always be moving forward it's never an end just because I make it on the shelf means nothing well it has to sell off that shelf Support for this podcast and the following message come from Fame Integrated Marketing, offering full-service brand solutions for startups, mid-sized businesses, and nonprofits. Visit fame-imc.com to learn more about Fame's web development, visual identity, and video production services. Yeah. And then I have to replenish that shelf. My distributor, I have to work with my distributors daily. And then I have to work with their salespeople. I don't have salespeople. I have ambassadors. The distributor has salespeople. So it's it's. Uh, it's it's a lot of it a lot of people don't understand understand the industry um, and because it's very small knit um, it's kind of like a good old boys club it's a very 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 tiny tiny industry to deal with but there's so many laws and legalities people don't know um, and yes it's very difficult for minorities to even get a, a distributor um, I do know a lot of, of uh, minority businesses that decide to just direct ship, um, which you can um, to a s extent in certain states. But here we go again, right? You got to get licensed in each individual state and it costs a lot of money. So for anyone who says, I want to get into liquor because it's cool. Yeah. Good luck to you. <laughs> good, good luck. Cause there, there's so much more to it and it's a very expensive industry. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the, the things that I really um, love about your brand early on 
you guys not only, of course, produced a very quality product, but you didn't just lean on that. You also made it known um, and you tapped into to digital channels. Yes. Um, yes. Utilized social media very early on. Yes. And I, I saw the um, the digital like mini sods that you would. Right. 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 Each new. Uh, what is it called? Varietal. Yeah. Varietals. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, I, I decided, hey, look, I can't afford the Leo Burnett's of the world. I yeah. can't afford all these large marketing companies and PR firms. So what worked for Love Corkscrew is being able to really tap into that social media. So we get over a half a million impressions a month just alone on social media. And if it wasn't for social media, we would not have sold the 60,000 bottles we have moved. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I knew what I had to do. Um, and I knew that I'm not reinventing the wheel. There's, there's plenty of wine out there, I'm not. But what I am connecting is my story. Um, and my story resonates with a lot of people. Um, and if you don't know me and my story, that's fine because what's the other side of it? The labels. Mm -hmm. uh, some people just go to the store and like, oh my God, I want some good times, good friends. They have no idea who the heck Krishan mm -hmm. Lampley is. And I love that, I love that. So I wanted to tap into to so many different markets. There's no color to my, my wine, there, there's no race, there's no religion, there's nothing connected but just enjoying love corkscrew um and and hopefully it continues to uh, resonate with people in different ways let me tell you it did because long before i knew the brand i knew you i i don't know where i saw your story um posted but i knew you i didn't even know the, the wine brand. like i didn't even skim far down enough to know that you owned a wine company i just yeah. knew your face and the fact that you were doing something dynamic that a lot of people i love it i love it don't do um and that extends over into the candles too oh my gosh yes let me tell wow. you <laughs> what i did when i first saw your candles in target okay so by this time i had already known the brand and yeah. the wine and i loved it um but then i saw those candles and i picked one I up know, and i, I smelled it scent crazy of right a man. The scent of a man that's my number one seller let me it literally smells like <laughs> yes. tall, dark, and, and, and yeah, I, I mean man yeah he's whatever you want him to be that's but he's perfect he right <laughs> So how did you how did you figure that this would be the next smart move? For so you? it's funny. So the candles were just as simple as it was not rocket science. It was yeah. simple as people kept bugging me saying they don't drink, right? But they want to support mm -hmm. me. There's so many people in this world that don't drink, but they're like, we want to support you, Krishan. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, let me get you with something. So I decided to say, hey, we need another POS, something that is not so highly regulated, but under the Love Corkscrew brand, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But that connects the experience. My, my motto is indulgence knows no boundaries. So I wanted to have a complete experience with Love Corkscrew. And the next step to me made sense with candles. Mm -hmm. It just made perfect sense. So for those of you that don't know, they're, uh, they're wine scented candles. The majority of them, I have six different uh, ones out. There's two that aren't, um, aren't wines in it. One is pure ecstasy and the other one is uh, the scent of a perfect man. Um, but they're 100% soy. Um, I connect uh, the dots with not only um, the brand, but uh, the a woman purveyor that makes it, African-American woman uh, purveyor. So I'm supporting also a small business as well uh, within my small business. And next thing you know, uh, Target saw them, picked them up and thousands of candles later. Uh, so it's been this whirlwind. Um, I'm still so connected. Kid you not, yesterday, uh, my ambassador and I delivered three, 400 candles uh, to one of the locations. So it's above and beyond what people think. I'm just not sitting at home saying, boing, 
uh, you know, we, we, all of a sudden these thousands of candles are in Target. No, I'm part of the process. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a great exposure, great intro into, as we talked about, like getting into certain retailers, I'm um, in spaces and distribution end. It's a great segue of, look, my products in here with candles. I'd love to now introduce you to my wine. Um, so hopefully uh, the wine will be in Target as well soon. Yeah, I, I have no doubt. Um, can we talk a bit about the, I know it's extremely complicated, and I, but I know that you're more than capable of boiling it down to um, layman's terms, but getting your product into huge retailers mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. For those that have an amazing product that want to be in a Target or mm -hmm. Walmart, what, what were some of the steps that happened? Okay, so kid you not, and I swear to you, I'm not exaggerating for those who have uh, attempted to get into large uh big box stores as they call them. The paperwork is atrocious. Um, it's extremely difficult, um, whether you're entering through the portal on your laptop or, or filling out paperwork, it's insane. Um, it's damn near impossible. Oh, thank goodness. Like blood samples? <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. You might as well well give your, your thumb. So it's a very, very difficult process. Thank goodness I had a team and one of my uh, team members, my operations manager, he worked in supplier diversity. So he's able to, to process these in these portals and work within them like no other. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness because I kid you not if it wasn't for him I will n I would not be in Target um, because I just can't fill out the paperwork um, don't even know some of the word usage that they use it was insane but in addition to that now that I am in we got through that we were able to cut through a lot of red tape uh, because I was in supplier diversity in the the um, with my WB and MBE I was able to connect kind of go over a lot of steps uh, that somebody who just said you know, would just walk up to Target and say, I want to be in here. Um, I was able to move through a lot of uh, steps that, that, that they would have went through that I did not have to. So, uh, thank goodness of, of that. But now that I'm in, mind you, it's not like, oh, okay, so we'll give you a purchase order of, you know, 2,000 candles and um, just get it done, you know, in 90 days. No. When Target says, okay, here's your purchase order, you better have that product done in seven days. So where I caution small businesses in thinking, oh gosh, when you land these big box stores, you're rich and you've made it. Good luck, because you have to keep up with them. So you better be prepared at all times. You have to have money to buy these goods, to prepare whatever you need to prepare ahead of time, because they're not paying you for, for at least 30, 40 day net. So you gotta have money. You gotta have money, you have to have reserves, as well as you have to have that product waiting for them to say, okay, we'll take it. Mm -hmm. That's just how it works. You, you cannot expect, oh, I'm gonna get a big check from this big, big box store and then I can produce. No, you better have the money to produce whatever you need to already. So a lot of people, uh, my understanding, and, and I've heard you can Google this, that a lot of small businesses have um, unfortunately left a lot of the big box stores because they couldn't keep up with the demand because mm -hmm. they didn't have the money to buy the supplies to keep up with the demand mm -hmm. uh, to produce their products. So I, I caution the excitement of it. Understand it's a lot of work. Um, but when you get, when if you have a good team, you have a good plan and you're very organized, um, I believe you can be extremely successful. But uh, just try things on a smaller scale. I, I'm always about dreaming big and large and going hard and going large, but start small see what you can produce and never you never want to you know over promise and under deliver mm -hmm. um, and I think that is the big problem that a small businesses do so so just be careful be careful with that yeah 
So on the, the other side of the fence, for those that are perfectly okay with having a job and don't mm -hmm. want to start their own business, yeah. but want to work for you, yeah. yeah, I actually watched the job interview. Oh, yes. Oh, that was so much fun. It looked like a lot of fun, but it was hectic as well for Ooh, the interviewees yes. because yes. Yes. they yes. were, yeah, the, the one guy that was with me, that was so mad, you know. Yeah. Um, yes. It was on CNBC. CNBC, yes. And uh, the episodes are on YouTube, just yeah. in case you guys want to reference. Yeah, please. What are some little nuggets that people, I mean, besides the, the common sense stuff, what, what can people um, do to get their foot in the door with the Love Corps group? You know, it's so funny. It's so simple. Um, and, and when I say that, I'm, I'm serious as just researching the company. Yeah. You'll be amazed. So now, of course, on, on that show, you saw, what, 21 minutes of understand that was a whole entire day. I was with each candidate over an hour. So this is very condensed. And, and I'll say this, that was 100% real. There was nothing scripted about that show. Mm -hmm. um, but what amazed me, and this has happened in, in other terms off TV, um, where people didn't research my company really. They, they saw maybe a few pictures, saw maybe a few things, maybe tasted a bottle, and they thought that was enough information. Mm -hmm. Nah, you guys have so much access to Google. Just Google. You got your smartphones all day. You guys stare at them all the time. Look through the, your whatever company you're interviewing for, no matter who it is. Um, even if you're about to walk up to somebody and say hi and you feel that they're a great business contact, Google them. Look them up on Facebook, wherever. Um, and really research it because... What um, hurts me is if somebody will walk up to me and say, oh my God, I tasted your Merlot and it was absolutely delicious. Well, I, I don't have a Merlot. So, and that's happened to me several times. And I said, just research, just sit. When you're laying in your bed, you're watching TV, go through your phone, scroll through, and read a few articles um, and really find out about the company. So my suggestion is research um, and then follow them around a few things. You know, I, I myself have tons of events. Tons of events going on around the city, the suburbs, everywhere. I'm heading to one in Atlanta in a few weeks. Come to a couple of events. Most of my events are free. Um, so come to some of them, maybe $10 for, for some of the Mariano's events. Come and actually see me in action and see, you know what, is this really what I want to get into? Because I think a lot of people see the sexy, but when they actually come and work for me um, and they're really involved in a tasting or event, they're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute, this is not as sexy as it seems, right? Because it's a lot of work. How I Made It is sponsored by Chicago French Press. Order a single bag or monthly subscription delivering custom roasted organic coffee right to your doorstep. From coffee cream to red velvet, this coffee is made with natural flavors like banana shavings, which makes it pointless to add extra cream or sugar. I've tried the maple pecan, and guys, it's to die for. How I Made It listeners can get 15% off with promo code COFFEE club on your next order visit chicagofrenchpress.com to learn more oh yeah you do have to carry 50 you know pound boxes uh, of, of wine so there's a lot involved just research the company you're going to work for and you'll be amazed amazed what you'll learn mm -hmm. That's great advice. And also, Krishan is extremely friendly and appropriate. Ah, oh, so, thank you, thank you, thank seriously. you. Yeah, I try to be. <laughs> <laughs> good. Where can people find everything? Oh, gosh, everything. Just Um, There you're going to see everything from the retailers, the locations that I'm available at, um, as well as a few of you that may be out of the state. You can purchase a lot of things uh, online. The most exciting thing, actually, I think this is the first. Yeah, I didn't even say this on TV yesterday. Uh, so you guys will be the first to know that actually I'm going now 
National as of January first. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, yes. like I said, we met at a brunch, and yes. you spoke on the panel, yes. and you said that that was the thing that you wanted to do. That is the thing that I wanted to do, and it's going to be done. So yeah, I'm very excited uh, to go on a national scale. What does this mean to you? Uh, for those of you that are not in the Chicagoland area, you will be able to get Love Corkscrew delivered at your doorstep. So we have a wine club, Love Corkscrew Wine Club, and uh, it's actually going live possibly tomorrow. It might even go live tonight. I'm not sure when my webmaster is done. It's been a long process. Uh, it's been four years in the making, and uh, I, I'm very excited. There's going to be so much traveling that I'm doing from women empowerment events. Uh, I'm doing a teen summit uh, in Atlanta and I'm doing a lot of TED talk events and it, it was saddening me that I, at the time for the last four years I haven't been able to give some of those states the access to Love Corkscrew. I'd go to Indiana, Wisconsin, Michigan, all these places, and there was no Love Corkscrew there. So for me to be able to travel now and people get Love Corkscrew delivered straight to them uh, during, before, after, whatever the case may be when I'm there, I'm just beyond excited to to bring Love Corkscrew finally to everyone's doorstep. So please look for uh, it on lovecorkscrew.com. Yay! <laughs> okay, well, I don't have any more questions. Thank you. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you for coming. Um, so, guys, if you want to listen to past episodes, please visit may-magazine.com. Once again, this is your host, Jasmine Browley. This is how I made it. 